you know, the time, two years to really transform uh, playing and the playing style into really the bass versus the guitar and what the purpose serves. What the purpose of the bass is, is the foundation and rhythm and really to be less noty, you know, where needed and really hold the foundation down. Welcome to episode 107 of the Bay Shed Podcast. My name is Ryan Roberts. All right, all right, all right. So I'm going to start I'm going to start this episode with a rant. Right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start this episode with a rant. You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about with these eighth inch to quarter inch adapters. You know, the n- one, one. <laughs> They're like the Sharpie for musicians, right? You can never find one when you need one, never. You can never find the eighth inch to quarter inch adapter when you need one. Then, then you find one and it's got some kind of short in it. That's what I'm dealing with right now. I got this little eighth inch eighth inch to quarter inch adapter right now that's how I'm doing my monitoring so I can hear myself while I'm, while I'm talking and it's got this short in here and it's uh, it's driving me absolutely nuts and of course I have probably a thousand of these adapters laying around somewhere but that's the thing somewhere I have no idea where they are no idea <clears throat> man the plague the plague of the eighth inch to quarter inch adapter oof that struggle is real. That struggle is all the way real. Welcome to episode 107, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to the Bass Shed podcast. On the episode is Colorado bassist Zach Gollum. I will talk more about Zach in just a second. All right, all right. Uh, what's new with me? What's new with me? I, Monday, Monday, Monday. I, I went out to Amoeba Records in Hollywood. Kind of took the day. I think that was Monday. It's either Monday or Sunday. Oh, man, I don't even know anymore. Uh, let's go with Sunday. Sunday feels accurate. Uh, I went out to Amoeba Records. Always looking for interesting things on vinyl, right? So I go out to Amoeba, snooping around. Um, but they, like, since, uh, since Amoeba moved locations, still within Hollywood, but they moved locations, I think I've only been to the newer location a few times. And so I don't, I don't have the layout memorized. I walk in and I immediately I realize they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. I don't know where anything is in this one. Um, and so I'm like, you know, looking around at all the signs telling me what, what styles of music are where. And I, I end up in the in the classical section and that's totally cool. Um, so I, I started thumbing through some, some classical vinyl. Um, what I did find, and I was shocked that it was in the classical section, um, Hold on, let me grab the vinyl right here so I can read the titles accurately. All right, so the first one I found that I'm really into was Piano Rags by Scott Joplin, right? Like, I've never really checked out Scott Joplin. Um, and so I decided to, and obviously, <laughs> you know, it was cheap. <laughs> um, let's, I, still haven't, I still haven't listened to it yet. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the records, uh, you know, in decent condition it didn't visually look like there was any any issues with it but piano rags by scott joplin volume two so i'm like ah, i can't just be a volume two guy i gotta find volume one also so i'm looking through all the scott joplin still the whole time shocked that scott joplin was in the classical section only found volume two but uh like the famous maple leaf rag was not on volume two it was on volume one. So I'm like, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't get Scott Joplin on vinyl and not get Maple Leaf Rag. So then I, uh, I bought another Scott Joplin album that uh, is Maple Leaf Rag. Uh, what, else, what else did I, what else did I get? I got, okay, this is interesting because this is kind of pertains to the podcast in a sense. Uh, Mark Wade, who's been on the podcast a few times, the second time when he was on, we were talking about uh, some music that influenced influenced his this uh, latest record, the one he's got right now, uh, the newest one. And I, if I remember correctly, there was um, 
Stravinsky's The Soldier's, the Soldier's Tale by Igor Stravinsky was um, inspiration to some of his writing on his latest record. And I had never checked that out. Big Stravinsky fan, but I never checked out The Soldier's Tale. So, found it on vinyl. Super stoked to get into that. Uh, what else did I get? Uh, I'm also a big Sam Cooke fan. So I got Sam Cooke. Uh, you know, the record, the timeless record, Ain't That Good News by Sam Cooke. Like, come on. Come on, that's just... That's just timeless goodies right there. That was definitely, I, that's the one I checked out first, I listened to first. Uh, what else did I get? I, I ended up with a nice little stash here. I uh, got an Oscar Pettiford, Oscar Pettiford album. Um, what's this guy? Uh, oh, that's the Scott Joplin. And I got the soundtrack to The Color Purple. That's a Quincy Jones bit. Uh, Quincy wrote and produced that. Um, yeah, I'm interested to check that out. I saw it online not that long ago, the vinyl for the color purple. I'm like, hmm, I should really check that out. So, while at Amoeba, I went and found it. So, my my days lately, uh, while doing the things that I do, <laughs> are checking out these, um, these really, you know, exciting finds. Exciting finds. Uh, and listening to them on vinyl. Alright, what else is happening? I was down at Lemur Music earlier this afternoon. Um, we were, you know, finalizing some things about how the workshops, the day of workshops is going to be going. Going to be going. Uh, the flow of the day is what we were talking about. It's a day of workshops at Lemur Music uh, presented by the Bay Shed Academy. So Chris Hornung will be teaching a two-hour classical workshop um, from 10 to 12 from 1 to 3, I will be teaching a jazz workshop. And then from 1.30, no, excuse me, from 3.30 to 5.30, I'll be teaching an electric-based workshop all down at Lemur Music. Make sure to stop by lemurmusic.com for everything you need for the double bass. And stop by thebassacademy.org, the Bass Shed Academy. <laughs> I know my own company, thebassshedacademy.org. Uh, for information about the workshops on April 1st. And uh, that's going to have a live stream option also. So check that out. All right. As I mentioned, my guest on the episode is Colorado bassist Zach Gillum. 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 I always want to say that with a U. It's Zach Gillum. Um, Zach is the bassist for the group The Runaway Grooms. Now I want to thank my friends over at IVPR. They reached out to me. Uh, they reached out to me to interview Zach and talk to him about the latest album by The Runaway Grooms. The album is titled This Road. Um, and I love this. And I love... I, lo I can't say that I would have stumbled upon the band, The Runaway Grooms, just by my own doing. You know what I mean? I don't know if... There's so much out there. There's so much music out there. And there's, it's difficult to weed through the platforms at times to discover new music and stuff. So I don't know if I would have found them. I'm very happy that IVPR uh, reached out to me um, to chat with Zach and and talk to him about the Runaway Grooms. It's a really fascinating conversation. And I do. I really enjoy meeting, meeting bass players I would not have otherwise met or um, checked out their bands and, and their music that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise checked out. So I hope you all uh, share in that with me, um, given the nature of this podcast. If you're still, you know, if you're a regular, listening, regular listener, I hope you do, because that's kind of the deal here. <laughs> that's one of them. Um, yeah, so, so Zach, uh, Zach and I are going to talk about uh, his move from Tennessee, where he's from, to Colorado, and a very specific small mountain town in Colorado, Eagle, Colorado, which is a very tiny town. Um, how how moving to a mountain town um, kind of makes him understand or makes Americana music make sense a little bit more. He'll talk about his time and history as a bassist coming from Nashville, where he was pursuing songwriting as a guitar player. Um, so we're going to hear... It's, it's a little bit of a conversion story <laughs> where he, he comes from the big city um, to a small mountain town and within that becomes a bass player. Um, wonderful time. Wonderful time. And the latest album, Out by the Runaway Grooms, is out on February 10th. So here is my talk with Colorado bassist Zach Gillum. 
How you doing, man? Um, yeah, just getting stuff in line for the album drop tomorrow. Yeah, um, uh, that's right. So this is your second. This is your second record with the group, right? That's this is my second record. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is my second record. Yeah. Uh, what's the title of the record? This road. Uh, how yeah, long so you... we're just prepping. Go ahead. Uh, how long you been with the group? Um, yeah, I started playing with them back in 2019. Okay. And kind of joined joined very beginning in 2020, right before the pandemic. Nice. Well, what was the first record? How long? When was the first record you did with them? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> it was it was Violet Lane. You know, I I I think it came out in it came out in 2021. But okay. I'm really I'm not sure the the date right right um so you guys are all based in colorado correct yeah yeah cool. yeah uh talk about that where in colorado are you guys at um we're up in eagle colorado which is the vale valley about two uh two hours west of denver okay um up in the mountains small town super small how small like for uh, perspective seven thousand people oh my gosh that's super small yeah wow oh yeah it's small yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's new. For, I came from Nashville and okay. moved out here. A whole different, whole different animal. But um, it you know I, I didn't think I would I would be into the small town vibe. But you know it I like it. The more I'm here, the the more yeah. I like it. You know it's yeah what? yeah it's it's a good place. What was the impetus to move from Nashville to Eagle, Colorado? And how did how did Eagle, Colorado even get on your radar? I, I moved out up to Vail. Uh, initially, I was doing the band thing in Nashville. And just, you know, you kept going through players and hiring different people and, you know, all that stuff. Sure. And it just kind of gave music a break for a hot minute. And um, was like, you know, I'm going to come out to Colorado. I'm always inspired by the mountains and do a bunch of songwriting and okay. you know the the concept of moving out here was get in the mountains be inspired write some songs go back to nashville and just hire some cats or bring in some friends you know not really a band thing just okay like, so this is going to be like a solo solo project were you gonna yeah. were you gonna play bass on it or were you gonna play guitar no or sing? no in, in fact i only started playing bass with the grooms um oh, okay so, so I, I'm, I call myself very new, um, in the whole grand scheme of things. You know, I've been playing guitar since I was sixth grade and didn't start picking up the bass until 2019. Okay. Um, so, now that's, that's kind of rough to like, just pick up the bass and go right into double bass because that's a, that's a very unforgiving instrument. Yeah. Uh, regardless of anybody's level of ex expertise, like it's yeah. the instrument still remains unforgiving. Uh, what was that like? Kind of joining a, a new band and learning their music and you know gelling with these guys while while battling uh, a pretty difficult instrument to get. Yeah, together. man. Um, it was uh, I would say challenge, and you know it it took I you know it's really taken the better part of you know, the time, two years to really transform uh, playing and the playing style into really the bass versus the guitar and what the purpose serves. What the purpose of the bass is, is the sure. foundation and rhythm and really to be less noty, you know, where needed and really hold the foundation down. That took me like months and months and you know, now I found the rhythm. Now I seldomly play guitar and always okay. play bass. So, nice. you know, it's just completely switched. And, um, you know, it's it's been a um, it, it was definitely a challenge, you know, to try to knock those habits of being a, a lead guitar player and a rhythm guitar player and shove that to the side and really say, hey, all right, I'm in a different spot. I'm in a different of. Uh, function of the band and really to adapt to that so um definitely definitely some time but you know we've got it locked in now yeah after this this much time with the drummer you know we're we made it like this so. nice nice um 
how has it changed your songwriting? Like having this, spending so much time on the bass and listening from the, you know, from the, the ground up. Totally. Uh, the- I'd say, man, it, it, it made overall songwriting a little more challenging coming for, for me, uh, more challenging to construct, you know, a song just from the bass and the mm. bass notes of it. And so I, I actually find it more helpful, you know, when I'm creating the full song to start on an acoustic guitar okay. and to kind of get a vibe of, of the song and where I'm going. Now, if I'm co-songwriting with someone else, you know, then then it's much easier, you know, to begin with the bass foundation. Um, right, right, right. You know, when we're, you know, doing it together, if, if it's a, uh, if I'm writing a song with our keyboardist or with our guitar player or someone else, um, you know, it's, it's a bit easier for me on, on bass, um, co-writing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think we had a little bit of a internet snafu there. How did you get from Nashville to Eagle, uh, Colorado? How is Eagle, Colorado, even on your map to like, I've never heard of it until right now in this conversation. Yeah, man. So um, I got out here. Uh, I have an adventure van. Okay. I, I built out a van and, and traveled the country with it nice. many times over. Um, that's how I got out here. Um, I ended up in Eagle. I first actually moved up here to uh, to Avon, which is uh, Vail, Colorado. Okay. And Ava, in Avon, there's a ski resort called Beaver Creek. And basically you have Beaver Creek and Vail are like 15 minutes apart from each other. So I first moved I'm looking up there. At a, I'm looking at a map of Colorado right now while you're talking. Yeah. So hold on. I'm like, I see where, I see where Eagle is. And then there's yep. Gypsum just west. Yeah, go the other way. And Avon, okay. So it's like equal distance east is Avon right on the 24? Yep. Or the 70? 70. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, and, and up there... Uh, basically stayed up there for a year and it's had a i found that eagle is the spot for the locals really? um, well yeah up up valley there's ski resorts so okay. it's, it's touristy. Very, very touristy yeah. and you know i kind of kind of felt a big like very difficult for to establish community there's people just in and out and in and out sure. and, you know, so actually the whole band, we ended up moving down to Eagle, which is, you know, there aren't any resorts here or anything. It's it's straight locals. So, so did you meet those the other band uh, members in Avon? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I met them at a brewery. Uh, okay. they, were, they were playing a gig. Um, I, I jumped in. I went to the brewery to watch another uh, singer songwriter from Nashville. We ended up getting beers, but we're sitting there talking at the counter. And then this other band starts loading in. I didn't even know that there was another band. Yeah. The band starts loading in and then the whole brewery just fills up with people. And I'm like, all oh, right, wow. what's going on here? Yeah. And, and I, and I, they were playing with two guitars and a drummer and I saw a bass on, on, on stage, Okay. And, but they weren't using it. And the whole time I was like, oh man, they you are. Know, it's just missing the bass, you know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. The bass and I want to go up there and I want to play, but it's it's definitely not etiquette in uh, Nashville to just jump on stage. And just, like, yeah, I don't know if that's etiquette anywhere, just to bum yeah. rush anybody's gig. And <laughs> well, I mean, you, actually, like these mountain towns, like things are different up here, you know. Yeah. Um, small towns and people. You know, I was kind of it kind of opened me up to a different aspect of music, especially coming from Nashville, where Mm -hmm. people did they don't people just want to have fun and get together and have a good time where you're at now in the smaller community. Yeah, right. And I moved up here and I started real. I was like, whoa, this is like you mean people aren't taking this like super serious and like a career, you know, like, you know, they're not like going and getting it and. Yeah, there's no industry there. No one's trying to get seen or get right. heard. Or, yeah, They're yeah. just trying to have a good time and sure. just, you know, party or, you know, whatever it is and just have community. And I was like, wow, you know, this is really different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's really cool, man. It, it, it's it's a cool vibe. 
Yeah. Where were you at before Nashville? Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Born and born and raised in Memphis. That's a, that's a huge music city. You went to from two really big music studios to yeah. Eagle, Colorado. Yeah, man. I um, I jumped on, you know, I jumped on the blues train mm-hmm. um, to like learn. Yeah, okay. I started playing down on Bill Street. It probably, yeah, I don't know. I probably started down there seventeen, eighteen, or so. And uh, for the couple of years before I moved out to Nashville, um, I was playing blues down there in, in a blues trio as a guitar player and a front man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so music city to music city, a lot, yeah, yeah. lot of history in both of those places and, and a yeah. lot of thriving music stuff, which is couldn't be more thankful to, to be from there or to go back and visit. You know, I really cherish those places as we tour back through there. Now it's like, uh, you know, I kind of miss, kind of miss having fantastic music accessible seven days a week. Right, right. Did you, you now you moved to Eagle to kind of get this, this break from all of it a little bit. Uh, but then you just found another version of it. <laughs> totally, totally. You know, I just stumbled in it. You know, I, I actually started approaching the local musicians to try to just, number one, I love to play music. Of course, uh, sure, sure. So get out there and just play, meet some other, you know, I didn't know anyone up here. So it's definitely a common ground, you know, to go out and meet people. And then number three is make a little side cash. Yeah. It's, it's hella expensive up here. Really? Um, it seems so, like it would be super cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, I always think like, I love small mountain towns too. Uh, I think I'd get too stir crazy living there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I love visiting small mountain towns. Totally, man. But it seems like they'd be really inexpensive. Yeah, you would think so. Um, Is it because you're near tourist spots? And so they're still trying to get some, some yeah, tourist money? Primarily, man, it's, you know, this is considered some of the best skiing in the world. Do you um, ski? Yeah, well, okay. I snowboard now. Okay. I do backcountry skiing, but um, everybody in the band's a snowboarder. And... Um, frequently you know yeah. three times four times a week if we can wow um you know it's it's in our backyard so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like uh um uh, definitely a definitely a thing i you think the small towns but i think it's the resources are so limited there's only so many hotels mm. so many restaurants and everybody's trying to come here for to ski you know um, right so yeah, it's it's expensive. A lot of second and third homeowners up here, you know, which is which is kind of why I like to get out out of the up valley, buy all the ski resorts, move down to more of a local. Okay, yeah, local. Um, yeah, I was in Idaho, kind of towards the end of last year, I think, and that was the that was the vibe in Idaho, like a, a lot of second and third homes yep. in the mountains. Is this kind of this little ski town? Where'd you Where'd you go? Uh, I was playing in Sun Valley. Yeah, uh, yeah, Idaho. Yeah. yeah, which is a super cool, like one street town. Yep, I skied uh, that last year. We we skied it last year when we were uh, when we played in Boise. We were like, okay. oh, we're gonna hit Sun Valley, and we played in Boise. And then the next day, we drove over to Sun Valley and skied. Yeah, we did. I didn't even make it to Boise. Like we were playing in Sun Valley. Oh, nice. Uh, so it was just, you know, like wherever that cultural arts center is right on the main street, we stayed sure. across the street from there at whatever hotel that was, uh, played some like gala or something. I forgot what we were playing, right. but, but it's a cool little town, but same, same kind of vibe, like small, super small mountain town, second, third homeowners, yep. uh, which, you know, you would think like that was the, not what I think of when I think of mountain towns, like sure. that's those people were like kind of old money, you know, had had made some lived in other places in the country totally um but does it ever get boring in in the small town and like you only got so many places you only got so many new uh, musicians to check out you know know, there's only so much of a so much of a scene yeah so much of the music scene but man that the the really appealing thing here is the outdoors and the recreation man so there's no way you can do all the hiking. There's no way you can fish all this. You know, it's just going to take years and years and years. Sure. 
to fish all the fish you know there's fly fishing snowmobiling or rock climbing cody does paragliding you know there's uh so much backpacking and it's just endless and yeah for the for the adventure the yeah. seeker it's endless yeah for right. someone like me who doesn't you know <laughs> right, totally for the, you know for the music you, you can stay you can stay booked seven days a week if you want to play locally uh -huh. um, you know they're just different gigs than what i'm kind of into you sure. know it's more like you know you could do an acoustic thing for like an upscale restaurant or right, like, right. you know the bars have you could host an open mic or like you know do a brewery on a thursday you know you sure. could stay busy if you wanted to and stay local as a musician um and and do pretty good uh and do and and thrive um yeah yeah you know private parties upscale restaurants like exclusive like little clubs and stuff where you know these people pay top dollar for you know some good jazz or so you know just good music to come in sure um, so is this tourism the tourism industry there does it kind of happen all year round or only mainly during the winter months when it's snowing yeah great question uh winter and summer so oh, we okay. call like spring is when all the snow is melting yeah yeah they call it mud season okay and then, um then fall is uh you know people come out because the leaves are pretty amazing uh, yeah all the aspens are quaking turning different colors so some people come out in the fall but summertime is like time to be here people are out rafting okay fishing kayaking you know like it's, doing all the other activities yeah yeah and and that's you know summertime is when you know we've got some good size uh music events and festivals um that come up uh, uh through here in the summertime that bring bring a lot of people and you know all the locals out too yeah um so let's talk about this record uh the record is called this road it comes out february 10th is that just yeah. a digital release are you gonna have hard copies for sale also totally yeah um digital everywhere we we have a uh, vinyl cassette and cds cassettes um, cassettes are coming back that's right uh, <laughs> our, uh, our keyboardist is he just like collects cassettes and really one day he showed up to band practice and he's like oh check check out these cassettes i got cassettes yeah. of the album They're like all right cool um we actually just did a, we did a sweet little uh listening party in our in our community on monday where okay where people could get the record before it's out in all those sure. formats the hard copies and whatnot but yeah uh, the 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 vinyl cassette and cds you know you can get them at any of our live shows um, that are coming up. We're about to announce a whole slew of tour dates. Mm -hmm. uh, and then um, also physical copies could be ordered on our our Bandcamp, which is just okay. runawaygrooms.bandcamp.com. So, yeah, we've got those out there. I love that you're doing cassettes. Uh, so this is the second album. It's called This Road. Uh, how many tunes are on the album? This is um, uh, five songs. Okay. Five songs on this. You know, we were like, is this an EP or an album or actually who really cares? Yeah, I don't think anybody cares. You know, type thing. It's like song-wise, it's like falls under an EP, but length-wise falls under an album. We're just, you know, yeah, what it is, what it is. Call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, right, right, right. I like that approach. Yeah. Cool. So five tunes. And how do you guys write as a band? Or is there like kind of a... Someone who spearheads the songwriting within the group a little bit more than the others. Totally. Um, it's a mixture. It's a mixture. Okay. Um, we do most of our writing together as a band, bouncing ideas off one another. Oh, what if, sure. we, you know, what if we staccatos here, blah, blah, whatever. It might be the majority of our songwriting comes from that. I, the stem of the ideas for the songs typically come from individuals. Um, uh, most frequently, Adam, uh, our guitar player and singer, and then Cody, our keyboardist. And, you know, I've been jumping on the contributions by introducing the songs via acoustic to these guys. Okay. Take over on those, and then I'll, I'll swing over on the bass to kind of, like, convey what I'm trying to 
put out there, you know? Right. Um, um where'd, where'd the band, where'd the band name come from? Oh man. <laughs> Hold on. Has anybody, has anybody in the group been engaged and then not gone through with the wedding? Wow. Like, is this, yes. does this come from like a real, okay. That is true. And honestly, that is true from like two weeks ago. Oh, damn damn so it's pretty yeah it's pretty gnarly and okay messed up was it was it you or someone no else no 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 okay no our you know it's our drummer in the band um and, and that's a that's real tough for him but he actually is now a runaway groom uh okay so he's the one he's the one that backed out yeah no she's no you know it's complicated but yeah yeah. but yeah i mean he 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 had to break that off um which was which was tough but the band name um adam adam came up with well i first like to preface it with typically when people ask us where the band name came came from which happens all the time Sure. We like to play a little game of how outrageous of a story yeah. can we make up. Yeah. And so that's taken us down some really fun and interesting paths because it's basically like a, a live skit between all members. Sure, uh, just some improv skit. Some improv, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh but but in all reality, Adam um when he created the band, um he thought of it as like it would be really cool to have this band that is basically like a backup band for a, a lead female singer so okay you know t- mariah care and the runaway grooms you know kind of right, right, this right. vibe and they would go play like events or weddings or whatever and uh that never came into fruition but the name definitely caught fire locally which we've you know expanded regionally and nationally now um and it definitely stuck with him what actually the story behind it was is he was thinking of that and they the original three members got a gig at the local brewery and they said okay well what's the name of the band and he's like yeah oh gotta have something yeah. we don't have a band uh name but i have always thought this would be cool so he threw that name out and it just stuck so okay yeah. okay so have you guys ever uh, has the band ever worked with a female front singer to kind of put this into it was there ever been a collaboration yeah with a female front singer to make that dream happen you know partially uh adam he's our our lead lead guitar player he um he was in a relationship with a, a, a chick named Jessica Schaefer, who's an amazing artist and, and vocalist. And um, she came out on, she never hit the road with us, but she did a, a couple gigs with us kind of on the road. And, okay. you know, primarily more like of a harmony role, never really like a lead role. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily her and the runaway no, groom. No. It was just like she was just kind of adding to what you guys were already doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. Right. So, so it's never really happened where you guys have been joined someone else's project. Not yet. Nope. Okay, is that still something you guys are interested in pursuing? Um, are you guys locked in your identity as your own you know, outfit? I I wouldn't. It wouldn't transition. The band is the band now. You know, we're mm-hmm. our own entity and, you know, will be. But, I mean, I we're very open to sure. exploring and ideas and, and whatnot and evolution, man. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that that's, like, impossible to see for the future. But it's definitely not something we're focused on or have, like, intentions towards, like, making that become a reality. Right. Yeah. Uh, how does this how does this new album uh, how is it different from the one before it? Yeah, man. Um, you know, this album kind of touches on uh, a bit more roots rock, okay. like a, some some more southern rock with with some some of the tunes. Um, Are the other guys in the band from Colorado originally? No, everybody's okay. Everyone's implant. You know, everybody moved here. We've got yeah, transplant. Yeah, transplants. We got uh, guys from Massachusetts, guys from and Cody's from Florida. 
Um, okay. So, um, only the only reason I bring that up is because I think that stuff always does impact sonically what you bring to the table as far as you know how that's going to influence a band sound. Yeah. 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 Okay, so it's kind of coming from a southern. Yeah, yeah. Southern roots rock kind of. Yeah, thing. more of a roots rock vibe. You, we, we. There's a tune on the record. I mean, the the tune "This Road" is is a blues tune. Okay. Straight up a blues tune. Um, and then Mr. Ford dives into like kind of like some psychedelic jazz funk fusion um, okay. deal. Um, so, you know, with that, yeah, I mean, different from the last album, you know, the last it's it's similar in many ways. The last album we had a, a one instrumental on as well. And this one we had one instrumental on. Um, okay there's definitely an evolution you know we've gotten tighter and i think this the production and the songwriting is better on this album than anything we've done previously it also helped with the studio and the engineer and producer we worked with on this record which uh is jeremy horn out of paloma studios in memphis tennessee um Mm -hmm. you know the whole vibe we stayed there there for the record and the, the vibe of the studio is is comfortable it's you know um welcoming supportive it's it's got this vintage vibe going on in there man and just really a homey vibe you know we cut the songs live um okay and so you know we were really able to get in there and kind of settle down whereas like the last album was like we'd record a little bit and then come back and record a little bit right right, right, and so this this one's more organic and flowy for us, you know. Okay. The first album, did you guys self-produce that one? Um, yeah, the the very first album, which came out right after I joined, is called Tied to the Sun. Um Okay. Yeah, that was they did that. They recorded it here in um I I can't remember the name of the studio. It was it was pre my time with the band, uh, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. one. But I think he, you know, the guy who did the engineering kind of stepped in and, and did a little bit of producing on it as well, and, and, okay, and some suggestive type stuff. But was this was this studio in Memphis? Some a place you had known of, or like one of your old homies from Memphis, or did it? How did how did that get on the yeah, scene? Man. That specific studio. Yeah, um, so Jeremy Horn. Um, I grew up my parents' church that I grew up in. He was the worship leader. Um, it was like a mega church, huge church. Okay. And so, like, I started going to church super young, and I found, um, you know, the Sunday service was like a concert for me. You know, and right. a whole production and organ and keys and a sometimes they yeah. have a slide player and just like they, they were <laughs> was it was it a whole situation with the oh, lights yeah. and like a smoke no. machine and like the whole no, you know they didn't have the lights the whole and smoke machine, but they, they were filthy you know and i was like yeah really kind of less concerned with the worship aspect and more like focused in like what are they doing and like that's cool right um type stuff and so i kind of i knew him through the church and kind of growing up, he was always like real encouraging. I was just starting guitar when I, you know, when we met each other and he was making records is, uh, at the time also in a band called 11th hour. Um, okay. excuse me. Um, Thank you. anyways, so I, I've known Jeremy for a long time. He came out to one of our shows in Memphis while we were on tour one time. And he's like, dude, we got to get you guys down here and make a record. We, I got this new studio and you're going to freaking love it. So, we went okay. over and toured the studio and just the whole vibe of Jeremy. Um, he, he has worked with ardent studios out of Memphis for ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's engineered and, and produced stuff over there. And then he finally got to build his dream studio at his house. Oh, wow. And nice. so it's nice. And, you know, it's the vibe, man. You know, there's, you, you can, you could do all your stuff and then go jump in the swimming pool or cook out on the grill. You know, it's just, and so, yeah, I've known Jeremy for a long time. So we already have a, a strong relationship. And so the trust is there between me and him. And then, 
you know, in the yeah. last couple of years, he's been able to form that with the other guys in the band too. And right now, you know, it's hard to see, you know, making a record without him, you know, like, yeah, we just vibe that good. Yeah. So, I mean, there would be, you know, when, when it comes around time to do a third, you guys going thinking about, you know, you'll probably go back. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're set to go back in April. Um, we're sitting, Oh wow. Yeah, That's soon. Yeah. We've, we're, uh, we're sitting on a whole new album right now, just like, uh, in, in terms of what we've written. Um, yeah. And so we, we're going to be back touring, uh, the Southeast in that time. And we, we've got a okay. uh, three or I think three days off and we're going to see what, what all we can lay down. Uh, so is that the tour that's happening for this, this record yeah. right now? The second record, this record. Uh, yeah. So this is actually the third record. Um, second, with yeah, second with me. Yeah. You're right. Second yep, with yep. You, yeah. So yeah, this tour, um, right now is, uh, Colorado. We're about to announce, uh, several other, uh, legs of the tour, including a West coast and a Southeast run. Oh, cool as well okay yeah. cool um that's nice have you guys done west coast and southeast oh, yeah, yeah. before i think we've done okay. we've probably done southeast the most um i i would say like maybe four or five different times and then west mm -hmm. coast this is our this is our third west coast run as a band do you guys go all the way up the coast, like San Diego to Seattle? Um, no, this is actually just top of, top of California, bottom to top in Cali for, for okay. this run. So, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, it seems like it seems like that music would go over really well in the Bay yeah. Area. Um, yeah, we're. I mean, honestly, California. It's really cool touring, man, because you know, in Colorado specifically up in the mountains you know we the band you know since its creation has created like a um a great fan base that it's it's more like friends and family man you know They're very mm -hmm. personable you know and people are extremely supportive and stoked and on, on everything that we're doing out here and then we're just like we've been taking that kind of like formula and in community and whatnot and we're just like making pockets of it all across the country that's which, killing. Is, which is yeah. so cool you know we go to california and it's it's great to have homies you know all our homies like in in socal and working up the coast and you know groups of friends and those friend bases just expand every time we visit you know oh that's cool. cool that's cool what uh what spots do you play in southern california socal um san diego we've we've been doing winston's um okay winston's I know that down place. there like uh we've some some coast of mesa like uh wayfair um mm -hmm. uh soho up in santa barbara um, okay yeah 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 just around um trying to think of uh, other venues they all kind of <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel. Like, I mean, coming like when you go out on the road, because I mean, I live in Los Angeles, right? So the the small mountain town thing, that's where I go to get away. Right. Is where you yeah. live, you know. Uh, I'm in Venice Beach, so I know that it's kind of the opposite. Where I live is where a lot of people go to vacation and yeah. get away. So it's interesting. Coming from the mountain towns. What's it like to be in back in these bigger cities? Like, is it is it a culture shock initially? Because every time I go to the mountains, I, I, it's a culture shock right. for me. You know, when when it's totally. reversed, I love it. But then after like two three days, I'm like, all right, I need to go back I to where I live, that. and I'm I'm kind of burnt on this. But I love it for like the right. first couple days. Man, it honestly the craziest thing was after COVID. You know, when we yeah. first started when we started like touring out again even just going down to Denver, man, um, which is a two hour trek from us. It was like, all right, trash, traffic, crime, like, like, it, it was like so much anxiety. And I was yeah. just like, whoa, it was way too much for me. 
just like, let's play this show and get the hell out, you know, let's go back yeah, yeah. up to the mountains. And that's gotten a little bit better. Um, you know, it's, uh, I've just evolved, I think, you know, over this time that I ended up in Colorado because Nashville's no little city in it, you know, at all. Uh, sure. Little compared to others, but it's it's still a, a, a thriving metro area. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think I still get it's like both, man. It's like really cool because now you can go check out these fucking sick guitar shops and music shops, and you know, there's like so much diversity in food and people. You know, yeah, and we yeah. don't get that all the time. So we, we love that aspect in, and, you know, all the cultures that exist, you know, up here, there's the mountain culture, which can be tied in with like this, you know, there's like two aspects of it. You have like ultra wealthy mountain culture and then mm-hmm. not like yeah. ski bum mountain culture. Right. Right. The luxury and then right. the, the, blue collar right. version and, and they coexist yeah. but you know it's not like you know it's not it's not thriving in terms of diversity at all mm-hmm. so yeah. you know we really enjoy that going back to going to the big cities and and also just traveling around the country you know catching you know in cali you get all the cali vibes especially going up the coast uh you know surf and chill and you know, just yeah. skating and that whole vibe. And also in like in LA, we've got some friends like in the art scene and acting and all that stuff. And that's cool. And we go to the South and we've got like some redneck friends, <laughs> you know, <it's> like <laughs> a whole different group of people with a whole different style yeah. of life, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes, sometimes big cities can be a lot, man. You know, I get real scared about our gear. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's so many stories out there, people we know personally, and you see it all the time, trailers getting jacked, shit getting broken into. In uh-huh. fact, shit, we had our van broken into in Tucson when we oh, were, man. we were asleep in it and they broke in, <laughs> broke in and stole my MacBook that I'm talking to you on right now. When okay. I... So hold on. Where, where was the gear? The gear's in the trailer. Uh, yeah so that didn't get touched they went into the van like where the the cabin of the van actual yeah and my my laptop was sitting like on the floorboard and we just thought you know we had a late night people went out and party just kind of like i don't even know if everybody was at the van but i was in the van i just thought it was someone else opening the door you know and yeah, I get up. We go to a coffee shop to do a little computer work to start the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, where's my fucking computer? I'm looking everywhere. I right. pull up the the uh, Find My iPhone app or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some people from a homeless camp out there just like really? jumped in the van, grabbed, grabbed a whole bunch of shit and like took it. And uh, wow. I had to like go into the like the forest, like in the middle of Tucson, like, like these ditches with, you know, trees, there's just like homeless camps in there. And that sounds awesome. like I haven't been to, I haven't been to Tucson in years and I have some friends that live down there. I'm from Phoenix oh, originally. Tight. Uh, so I haven't been down there in years. Last time I was there, it's got a lot more gentrified yeah. and you know, there's a lot of buildings and stuff, but there's still just like an aspect of Tucson. That's just like, I'm not into it, but I haven't been there in like at least 10 yeah, yeah, years yeah. too. Well, but I mean, just like, you know, having a, like a homeless person steal your, your stuff and, you know, having to go hunt it down in Tucson just sounds like the worst experience yeah, that it, it could it be. Was, it wasn't fun. Um, yeah. And I gotta <laughs> right. say, we haven't been back to Tucson, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's no one tough. in the band is, is too fond of going back. However, we do frequent uh phoenix and we love phoenix okay. um and yeah. the the fans there are awesome um so cool. but uh yeah I, yeah i would say yeah sometimes i get that gear like fuck is our gear cool like back back right. the trailer up up against the wall where nobody can get in it or sure you know, sure do all the little tricks i mean you guys you guys have an insurance we, we have insurance but you know i mean okay. you 
I mean, it's not like you're going to, if they jack it the day of a gig, it's not like right. you can, you'd have to go rent yeah. gear for the gig, you know, which is a whole just It's pain. a whole thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm going through this dilemma of like, you know, I'm starting to get a couple of the instruments maybe I, I kind of dreamed of or like, okay. you know, and I've done a couple tours with them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I bring them along. So it's like, oh, uh, you know, I really, um, you, you don't want that one to get stolen, you know? Right, right, you don't want right, that right, one to get right. Yeah. Uh, what are the instruments? Um, what are those instruments specifically? I was actually just playing this guy right here. That's a, a 75 okay. jazz bass. Sick. Um, I got some flats on there right now, but I found this one, uh, probably like three tours ago in Cincinnati, it just kind of made its way to me. So um, a Gibson J50 is probably like my cream that I'm, that I, I like to play the most and just kind of stack them up. I mean, right now I'm, I'm playing mostly, I'm leaning a lot. I have a P-Bass special, a 98 P-Bass special with uh, Bartolini's mm -hmm. in it and, it's got a fat tone and just, okay. Yeah, I mean Bartolini's are yeah. That was that was that was definitely the sound for that that kind of. Uh, I I don't know exactly when Bartolini thing started. I'd say like mid nineties into early two sure. thousands. Like they're in all the boutique bases. You know, everybody was copying the Bartolini thing when they started building yeah. their own. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that one right. I picked up. I was actually in a vintage shop in in Nashville our last round in October, and you know, sitting next to a, a wide variety of beautiful, sick bases, and this bass popped out, and you, much newer than than the others, sitting around and and substantially cheaper. But you picked it up, and it was like, oh, I don't want to put it down, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, this guy's got to come with me, you know. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Right, man. I I was talking about. Um, I was hanging with a guy that works for Ampeg last right. night, and uh, we were talking about amps and things, but we we're also talking about just manufacturers and production. Um, and we were we were specifically talking about companies making products that where all of them are the same kind of sucks like you want you want to be able to like play through an instrument and like no i don't like that one you know but then like this one same year same model same everything that's a good right. one i think that there's something to that you know and like i think that that's part of the the whole process is like just playing through different stuff who cares right. what it is if it inspires you to play that's kill it, it then that's a good yeah. one for you. Yeah. yeah, I feel that too, man. It, that's that's really what it comes down for for me is when you pick up an instrument or 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 play through an amp if if I judge it kind of how it's like you know, if I'm having a hard time stopping, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's like I right. just don't want to put it down, okay, you don't have to wait on me, you know, girlfriend, you don't have to wait on me. Keep going. Like, I'm gonna be here for a bit. Like that. That's when I right. I feel a connection to it, right? And and you know, that you get you get that through the 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 sound, the touch, and the feel of the instrument of whatever you're doing. There's there's certainly no right or wrong, or you know, I think it's completely individual. Right? Like whatever yeah. you know. In price tag too, man. You know, I picked up you you know I picked up some bases that are you know, whatever vintage or you have a hefty price tag on them and you just can't connect with them. And, you know, it's just right. like, Oh yeah, this is really sweet. This is cool. But, but it's not really, I don't feel it. It's not what I'm looking for, you know? Um, sure. And, and yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that. So is this 75 your main, your main base or is yeah, that, that um, P special, your main one? Yeah, it was. It was until I got the P bass special. Like I'm playing uh -huh. that P bass a lot more recently, and I'm, I'm okay. trying to alternate them. Um, you know, I'm I'm like finding that you know there's a couple songs in particularly that like the tone um, of the flats in the J bass like serves. Oh, that's 
forget about yeah. it. Yeah, it serves the song. Flats on a P. Like, right. Of, it, yeah. it serves the song so much better than you know than that full fat P bass. You know, and mm-hmm. um, so you know, it's not like oh, you mean you mean the flats on your J bass? The flats on your seventy five work better? Well, yeah, I'm okay. saying there's some songs that are you know where this 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 guitar might be more complementary to the to the sure. foundation of what I tone wise what I'm looking out of that bass. Right. So you okay. know, but I am I am I have been since I've gotten that P bass special. It's it's um. It's hard to put down, man. I'm connected to it, and yeah. and it sounds fat. Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Nice, nice. Where did you go? I mean, you just started kind of playing bass with this group. Where did you, where did you go to get uh, informed as a bass player so quick? Uh, uh, Scott Devine. <laughs> Scott Devine. <laughs> you know, okay. I I started playing with these guys, and um, and I'm like. Okay, well, yeah, if you're at a brewery dicking around on the bass or, you know, just playing around, it's not a very serious vibe like we were talking about before. You know, you're yeah, not yeah. trying to be the tightest band in the world. You're just going to have some fun. It's one thing to be playing bass like that. But now we've moved into touring and ticket sales and performances and records. Now, now it's, you know, now that transferred into an obligation to, better understand the instrument and understand you know how to use how to use it um in Mm -hmm. my arsenal and you know i started getting hit with those scottspacelessons.com ads on youtube you know i'm sitting here like studying all these things his marketing team is crushing it oh yeah and i'm like studying all you know watching all these bass players and like picking up on you know foundations and you know tricks of the trade and you know what going into these bands you know the almond brothers who's into and like you know going into barry oakley like uh, finding out these bass players what kind of rigs were they using in gear and like what are some of their things and like trying to draw influence from those as well Mm -hmm. like transferring instruments from guitar to bass and but anyways through youtube university i ended up finding scott and and i just kind of like got hooked on the stuff you know he's got a bunch of he's such a wide variety of stuff on that platform and he's constantly putting out the great content of like you know introducing introducing me to bass players you don't know about songs you don't know about techniques you don't know about you know etc especially me coming into the bass world you know right, so right. yeah I, I mean i don't really use it that often these days i'm still a member um and there's so much valuable content on there you know i'll pick it up every once in a while lately kind of my my university is just like i, I go down i got a home studio downstairs I just put mm. on a record that inspires me, and I just, that's that's the best, man. That's yeah. I'm just a, sit down with it and listen. Yes, and, that that's my thing. Know. Yeah. What are some of those records that like you go to for uh, that have been either educational or inspirational as a songwriter or bass player or you know because each record at different times has a different oh, impact. Yes, totally. And I I jumped on like some of that. Uh, uh, Mac Miller stuff, like especially after like Thundercat okay. and um, the Tiny Desk. Uh, I, I don't know if you yeah. saw that one. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if I saw that. Mac was the one that passed away a few years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my good friend Dennis is Thundercat's piano player, so I remember hearing about it from Dennis. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I'm not on sure, YouTube sure. that often for anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's fire. Um, also, like, we go back to um, sometimes the band will generate, like, uh, it, it all depends. Like, so, you know, we've done, like, some late night Grateful Grooms, like, where we'll do a, a rendition or a sh- show of our take on the Grateful Dead and, like, some songs like this. Okay. And those albums would come through mostly recommended from the other guys in the band. Uh, not the biggest deadhead. I appreciate what everything that they've done in the music. Sure. Um, 
Uh, Krungbin, you know, I'm sitting on some Krungbin. Stuff. Who's that? Krungbin, Krungbin? yeah. Hold on, hold on, spell that um, for me. I'm going to look this up right K- now. I've never heard of this. K, I want to say, probably got it right here. K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N. Okay. Yeah, they're a trio. And, you know, I mean, what's beautiful about that trio, man, is it's a, it's just, I mean, the kid is just, he's, he's basically a, a bass drum, hi-hat, and a snare, essentially. And, and right. he's very minimal. And, um, and the chick, they're, they're just locked in bass and drums. And the guitar ends up basically singing all the melodies. Um, is, it's tight. They're, they're, they're great. Great little band. I say little band. They're crushing it. <laughs> Where I've never even heard of. Where are they uh, from They're out of originally? Houston, Texas, I believe. Yeah. Really? Their whole website kind of feels like it would be uh, English yeah, or something. Yeah, they got a they got a vibe going on, man. Um, but they kind of got like almost like uh, almost like lo-fi beats going on with the guitar singing melodies. Um, it's it's okay. really cool. Um, and, you know, I'm in I'm into all kind of stuff, man. You know. I get into that Almond Brothers aspect. I get into like, there's a new Tyler Childers record, and, and you know, I just kind of move all around. So, um, some sometimes the albums I'm I end up getting into is because we're exploring, you know, maybe introducing a, a new cover or a tease of a cover. So I'm like, all right, let's go and explore mm-hmm. a little bit more of what this artist does or whatnot. Sure. Yeah. Do a yeah. little, do a little research on the, sort of on the topic. Uh, what was, I mean, coming from Nashville, I, when I think of Nashville, I think of like, it's definitely a, just country music going to have some bluegrass, yeah. obviously Americana. Um, was there a lot of diversity when you were there in what you were playing in? Because I mean, you sure. can choose what you listen to, but when you're in different projects playing, was that um, was that pretty diverse? You know, I would say that um, n- uh, not really, really okay. not <laughs> in terms of like what I was playing. I was primarily, you know, I was very far away from the country scene or any mm-hmm. of that music. In you know, the people I was rolling with is very much like more indie rock indie and rock okay um also like you know straight up rock and roll um that vibe but you know in terms of listening and going out and seeing concerts you know i've seen everything from reggae to country what you name it like um going out as a as an audience member and listening but in terms of the creation of music i was primarily locked in nashville i was like in this very much like in the indie scene you know yeah. Uh who are some who are some bands that influenced you that way? Um from indie, uh dude, I really like yeah. like um Vampire Weekend or like or like a uh, okay. Phoenix. I was really hard in the Phoenix for mm-hmm. a hot little bit and I mean into like K Are they still they around? Are, I remember them, but uh they seemed like they had a little they got a little press, like what? 10 years ago, maybe a little yeah, further back. I think they back. had a, I want to say that album was called Bankrupt or something. I saw them in Chicago. Um, and it, okay. Yeah, they threw, <laughs> they threw out like, uh, they had cannons of like this fake money with like their names or whatever. Okay. And yeah. uh, it was, it was a badass production. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, uh into like liz cooper in the stampede you know those guys they're, they're okay great nashville artists yeah. um you know like cage the elephant that that sort of vibe you know when okay. i was in nashville i'd say that's very much changed i haven't I, it's evolved i still appreciate those things i don't find myself listening to them very often much less like playing them um you know, joining joining this band has really opened me up to to quite a few other things. Really, like in the jam side of things, uh, if you're familiar with like Goose, um, Goose no, is not. like is that 
Is that a new well group? New to like masses, but they've been around. Okay. They've been around. Um, okay. You know, they're probably in their thirties, early thirties, mid thirties, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goose. Just been uh, grinding it out for a while. Like they've been on the, they've been out there. They're just they're finally starting fire. to come up. Anything they're touching is just turning to gold right now. Kind of like Billy Strings right now. Um, he's just okay. there, you know, all the red rocks, whatever it might be, is just you know selling out as soon as it hits hits the floor, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've do- started diving into some of that more like bluegrass or jam grass. Um, you know, at, the door was unlocked when I started hanging out with people in Colorado. You know, I never listened to fish before right, right. or great. That's <laughs> never been in my realm. I've never even you know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know about the Grateful Dead before, which is crazy. Um, and, you know, there's there's so much you can go in from that. You know, the Dead, for example, ha- they've been blue. They've been a bluegrass band, yeah, a folk band and evolved into psychedelics and rock and roll. And then you get to the sure. 80s era and, you know, they've even evolved even more. So it's like. And the other guys in the band kind of introduced me to that that sort of realm of realm of stuff. So. Do you think that uh, living in the mountain towns, that music makes more sense to you now? Yeah. Um, living in the mountain towns, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I would say, like, <clears throat> it, that's that's just, like, part of the recipe for why it makes more sense. Right. You know, music makes more sense now because I've spent more time learning theory. You know, music makes more sense now because I've spent more time, intentional time with my instrument. Because we have, you know, sure. rehearsals five days a week on a consistent basis. You know, it's just more, it's more, you know, it, it's, it's my understanding is continually evolving and depth, depthening, like, you know, and so hope, hopefully that's, that's a thing that always remains, you know, so. for sure. Zach, this has been a pleasure, man. Let me know uh, when some more tour, d- tour dates yeah. get added. Uh, come back on. Let's talk about them. Totally, man. All right, all right, all right. That was my talk with Zach Gillum from the band The Runaway Grooms. The Runaway Grooms. Uh, new album, This Road. It came out February 10th. Check that out wherever you are checking out music. I'm sure it's all the places. And again, thank you to my friends at IVPR. If you are enjoying the Bay Shed podcast, please hit subscribe wherever you are listening to it and leave a rating. And you know, if you make it to this far in the episode and don't turn it off, <laughs> that's, that's probably a thing. Uh, you know, I'm always I'm a, always an advocate for the five star rating. So stop by, hit subscribe, and leave a rating, preferably five stars. Uh, that's all I got for this one, folks. That's all I got. I will catch you on the next one in a minute.